Hi, this is Heidi, episode 26, Perfectionism. Life isn't a spectator sport. The greatest rewards come to those who show up every day with a pocket full of courage, grit, and some sparkle. I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day, and I hope your February is full of all things pink and love, especially love for yourself. Here in Boston, we're actually having an unusual winter with a lot less snow than usual, but I hope wherever you are, you're enjoying it, you're staying present in whatever season you're in. As much as I do want warmth and sand between my toes, every day I force myself to be grateful for the time to snuggle under a blanket and write a podcast or the enjoyment of making a new soup. I also know time is going so fast and I want to freeze and laminate where we are now with our family. It's wonderful to face the challenges as well as enjoy the successes of raising teenagers. Today's episode is about perfectionism. I recently gave a couple workshops to groups of women and have others scheduled to discuss overcoming perfectionism. And I have clients dealing with perfectionism, and I myself am a recovering perfectionist. I knew as an adult I could see the symptoms and the problems I was causing with this, but as I studied and worked on myself, I was so surprised at all the sneaky and common and kind of veiled ways that perfectionism shows up in our lives. So settle in and listen because you might be surprised that your procrastination is really a form of perfectionism. Or even with your messy pantry, there's other areas of your life that it shows up. Okay, so what is perfectionism? Dr. Brene Brown says many people think of perfectionism as striving to be your best, but it's not about self-improvement. It's about earning approval and acceptance. Okay, very interesting. It isn't about excellence. Here's a dictionary definition of perfectionism. A personality trait characterized by efforts to be flawless and free from error unrealistically high standards and excessively critical attitudes about oneself and others. So in spite of high ideals and expectations, perfectionism can be fundamentally negative and pessimistic. So it's like perfectionism is this shield or outward shawl we wear for people to see because of two things. We're focused on what other people think of us, which is funny since we actually have no idea what people think of us. And second, we really want to reduce our vulnerability to criticism, the criticism of our own minds, as well as whatever we imagine other people are thinking about us. Perfectionism is this heavy weight we carry around, and it becomes a self-imposed barrier between ourselves and the world. Now, I'm going to get into that a little bit later in the podcast perfectionism is never actually winning. The goal is actually never achieved if perfect or flawless is the goal because it's unachievable and unrealistic. We can always find faults in something. Now, just to drive in the point, perfectionism is internally driven by our thoughts 
about either ourselves or our actions or our life or our goals or our family or the such. It starts in our heads with thoughts and ideals we think are true, which then create insecurity and fear, which then show up in how we either take steps or don't take steps to accomplish things in our life. And I'll tell you, a lot of people don't self-identify as perfectionists, but this fear of what others think or our failure that something is wrong or flawed with us really holds us back. And in our lives and those around us, perfectionism holds hands with depression, overall sadness, negative self-talk, since we don't know what to tell ourselves when we don't reach our crazy perfect goals. Perfectionism also sits next to low self-worth, eating disorders. Do you know people who will only eat perfect foods or not perfect foods or have to stick 100% to a diet plan? Perfectionism also holds hands with anxiety, worry, fear. Heavens, we want perfect kids because we don't want them to suffer or worse. We aren't sure what we would say to ourselves or what we make their struggles mean about us. Perfectionism also sits next to just an overall negative outlook on life, excessive criticism, and judgment. If one of those or a few are areas that you can identify as daily emotions, see if you can see perfectionist thoughts and limitations you put on yourself. Just seeing those thoughts and reframing just a few things can really transform how you feel about yourself. I have to tell you, as I've studied perfectionism, gone through extensive sessions with my coaches, studied Brene Brown like she is the water I live on, I can tell you, even though I didn't see it at the time, my fear of failure and my inability to even understand why it was so important to fail and why it meant nothing was wrong with me was probably the biggest challenge for me for decades. Like many of us, I wasn't taught how to be vulnerable. In fact, the prevailing attitude and lesson of a century of social norms was that you didn't show weakness. You didn't admit mistakes. You didn't show vulnerabilities. You didn't show emotions. Somehow what I learned was that I didn't want to show vulnerabilities and a stiff upper lip was the way to handle failure. The whole idea that failure after failure was actually the only way to succeed wasn't something that got through to my brain. And maybe part of this was that I was pretty successful in things I tried. So looking back, I can see that I did limit the goals I would go after so I could guarantee praise or high levels of success. Well, externally measured high levels. I didn't like pushing through the discomfort of not being good at something. So I'd quit or just not try whatever it was. I think I cared way more about what other people thought of me and didn't have the tools or maturity to create the self-worth and confidence and mindset to frame whatever perceived failure or mistake as actually the most important part of the process. And worse, I felt my value and worth were conditional and dependent on praise from others about my accomplishments since I hadn't developed the ability and skill to praise myself and love myself love with my mistakes, shortcomings, as well as being able to not care what other people thought. And there were areas where I could have easily shined brighter, been more of myself if I hadn't been so caught up in my 
own thoughts about how I should be or what other people might think or limited by how I identified myself. But who doesn't want to be perfect, right? Decades ago, that meant some lofty and idealized goal. Now I have reframed that to mean I'm complete. I don't mind thinking I'm perfect now since I learned that the word perfect really came from Greek and Latin roots that mean complete. Did you know it's only been in the last 150 years or so that the word perfect took on the meaning of being flawless? Isn't that interesting? It really means being complete. Doesn't that change everything for you? Yes, I'm perfect today. I was perfect yesterday with my mistakes and my successes. I tried my best. Today, I'm still trying my best. My strengths and weaknesses actually make me more complete than if I had just had a day where I tried to do everything without a flaw. Because it's through our learning that we grow bigger, that we grow stronger. Just like at the gym when we lift weights that make small tears in our muscles, we have to tear down a few parts of our character and skills to become stronger. I want you to really think about how you are complete today. Look at your life today. Tell yourself how old you are, what job you have, what education you have, where you live, how much you have in the bank, what your biggest challenges are, as well as your biggest successes. Remind yourself daily how all of this together makes you complete. It makes you whole. Our clean laundry almost never gets 100% folded. Like, kind of never. We dump it on the guest bed. It gets folded when people go and get their clothes. But I go to bed every night knowing that the laundry is complete. We got where we needed to be. And it helps that my boys are totally on top of their own stuff. And I promise you, it isn't flawless, but it is totally complete. And it's exactly where I want it to be now. Okay, this is also what perfectionism might look like in your life. It isn't just a perfectly organized pantry or a Facebook post that's free of grammar or matching your belt to your shoes. Perfectionism looks like a lot of these things, and I want you to see what strikes a chord with you. Perfectionism is fear of starting projects and also fear of finishing projects because it's just never going to be perfect enough. Perfectionism looks like procrastination or wanting to look busy instead of finishing and doing tasks that aren't quite checklist tasks. It looks like worry and anxiety. It looks like intense control of our children's choices. It also looks like tackling easier goals with certainty that we can reach them, kind of like I said I used to do. Perfectionism looks like less faith and us wanting more certainty. It also is this all or nothing mentality. Comparing is all about perfectionism. Also too many lists wanting to be too productive and not having any flexibility is a sign of perfectionism. If we can't relax or we're hyper-focused on a clean and organized home or workspace. Here's a good one. Perfectionism is us taking a long time to make decisions. Perfectionism also can be if you're the one that's always right, or you're the one that knows the best restaurant, the best pediatrician, the best tires for your car, whatever it is. 
Perfectionism also shows up when we have this inability to delegate. We fear that someone else won't live up to our standards or the end result is way more important than allowing others to participate. Okay, if any of those sounded familiar, keep on listening and know that you're normal. It's your brain working. Before I give you a bunch of tools for overcoming perfectionism, I want you to picture yourself in your mind with a giant wall and barrier in front of you. This wall is perfectionism. It extends from the top to the bottom. This wall is blocking the most critical connections that we need to make here in life. This perfectionism wall, first, it blocks our ability to create connections with any higher being that we believe wants us to learn and grow through mistakes. We deny that we're divine beings with a higher purpose. So we disconnect from any divinity when we increase perfectionism. Second, this perfectionism wall blocks us making connections with other people, every other human here on earth. We can't admit our flaws, so we don't share our real selves with others, thus limiting deeper relationships and bonds. And third, this perfectionism wall, and this is the worst one, it blocks us from making connections with ourselves. We block ourselves from creating a reality-based, loving, and compassionate view of ourselves. We're blocked from enjoying peace and love and acceptance. And this connection is what we rely on if we want to grow and reach for our greatest dreams. We need this if we want to model confidence and peace for our children. When we really see that big wall of perfectionism in our life and what it blocks us from experiencing, we have more motivation to find ways to overcome it. Not just for reasons such as us wanting to achieve more, which is good enough reason on its own. If we want deeper connections, which most of us do, we have these additional reasons to do the work. So this has been a lot about what perfectionism is, what it looks like, Everything I've gone over to this point is important because we have to loosen the mental grip sometimes on how the world or just little slices of culture or society define certain things. I'm now going to give you a bunch of different tools and exercises to reduce your perfectionist tendencies as much as possible. No need to do them all, although they're all super useful at one time or another. Or maybe just work on one this week and another next week. Okay, first, watch your thoughts and learn to rewire your brain. Don't believe your thoughts. Really practice seeing what you're thinking. See that your thoughts aren't you. Question what you're used to thinking your whole life. Do you need a spectacular website as your first website for your business? Question those thoughts that create anxiety and fear that hold you back. Write down the thoughts and tell yourself they aren't true then practice saying other thoughts over and over. This is the work I do with clients every day, every session. There is tremendous power in identifying the thoughts that are holding us back. And it is beyond amazing when we see that it is possible to think something different. When we see our thoughts are optional. When we learn to create confidence or even self-compassion instead of judgment and self-criticism. Okay, second exercise, stop comparing yourself to other people. Remember, we only compare our backyards to other people's front yards. We compare our weaknesses, which remember, 
everyone has some less than average qualities to our neighbor's strengths. Recently, a teenager was telling me how inferior she felt when she saw other seniors who had been accepted to the same college she was accepted to starting to list all of their accomplishments, which side note, this girl is beyond accomplished. I told her awesomeness isn't a zero sum quality. Another person's awesomeness doesn't mean a single thing about us or our awesomeness. When they're awesome, it doesn't draw from a bank and take away from us. Our job is to be the very best we can be. We only lose when we compare, but our brain likes to compare. So we need to always redirect with a thought like, I'm great at a lot of things and I want to appreciate how great this person is. Okay, third exercise, practice being vulnerable. Tell someone who you trust about something you're struggling with. Be willing to open up to people who have earned the right to hear a piece of your story. Share a fault or practice telling a self-deprecating story. This is something I've had to very intentionally practice as an adult. Now, it's not excessively putting yourself down. That's a sign of insecurity. But being able to laugh at our shortcomings is a sign of confidence. Stop correcting your social media posts. Be okay putting flawed pieces of yourself into the world. Okay, fourth exercise, be bad at something and still do it. The example I share with groups is that I took piano lessons for 10 years when I was growing up. I play okay. When I was growing up, I absolutely hated to be asked to play without time to practice and get perfect at a song. Ooh, do you see that fake excellence, how that's showing up? But it's really perfectionism. In reality, my fear was making mistakes in front of people, then wondering what they would think of me, or worse, me not being able to have my own back in my mind about any perceived wrong notes. Over the last 20 years, if I'm asked to play last minute anywhere, I learned to tell myself, well, they're asking since no one else can play. And if I get 50% of the notes right, well, that's 50% more than anyone else. It's been a great way for me to just show up flawed and not perfect and just be me. There are other ways I'm not great, but I still do whatever it is. Pick your thing. Even if you're bad at it, do it. I had huge shame attacks 25 years ago when I had to speak Portuguese to people in Portugal on my mission for my church. The shield of perfectionism and my inability to be bad at something in order to learn and get better was the biggest obstacle to my growth. So now I'm okay speaking it and not getting the words right. I see it all as me accepting me and not worrying about what anyone else thinks. Okay, fifth exercise, find a simple and quick positive thought that becomes like your default or go-to thought when you feel perfectionism creeping up. I love the thought, I am enough. Maybe if I am picking out flaws in my character or parenting, find something you can repeat to yourself and make it your default. I am complete. I am perfectly imperfect. There's nothing wrong with me. Or if I'm stressing about making a decision, I tell myself, oh, I always make the right decision, which is a great lead to the sixth exercise I have for you. Make quick decisions. Guys, this is one of those sneaky ways that perfectionism shows up and surprises so many people. 
The reason people don't like to make decisions is the fear, okay, big surprise, the fear of not making the right decision. That's your fear. So the quicker you can make decisions, the less drama you'll have about, oh no, which is the right choice? Very few choices in life are permanent. Even choosing the person you marry could be undone. Our brains put way too much seriousness and weight on the decisions we make. Sometimes I catch myself spending many minutes trying to decide what my family will have for dinner or some other fairly inconsequential decision. It's a waste of my brain energy. Now, quick decisions. Well, maybe not super quick on who you marry, but we waste so much time and energy and fears on other small decisions. Okay, seventh exercise. I want you to become aware of the emotion that perfectionism creates in your body. When you see it creeping up, does it feel like insecurity or fear or worry or embarrassment or shame? Identify the emotion when you feel it. This is going to be like a big red flag for you to become very present and aware of what you're doing and thinking. You'll then be able to use another one of these tools once you become aware of the emotion. Eighth, make sure you know the difference between shame versus guilt. Shame is our thought, I am bad. Guilt is, I have done something bad. In the past, I felt shame thinking I was flawed in ways I shouldn't be. Coaching has transformed my ability to manage my lower brain, telling myself that nothing has gone wrong. In fact, I really want flaws, so I know I'm improving and really experiencing this human experience. Okay, here is one last tool and tip. Make having fun and really enjoying life a goal, something to strive for. When we can relax and have fun, we are all able to loosen the grip on our thoughts. Oh, everything has to go right. Having fun feels so much better than doing anything perfectly or flawlessly. Y'all, as parents, we have to get a hold of our own perfectionism. We have to demonstrate to our kids that it is okay to make mistakes. If we are stressing about making mistakes, they learn it's not okay to make mistakes and their anxiety and stress will increase. If they see us being okay with our flaws and us being able to frame our failures and strengths in terms of learning and striving, they will develop healthy attitudes towards their own mistakes and perceived weaknesses. Remember, if we do cry over spilt milk, they won't come to us when they make much bigger mistakes. And that is when we do want them coming to us. Perfectionism will be the most toxic quality to pass on to kids. It will block this absolutely critical connection that we want to make. Praise your kids for trying their very best. Last soccer season, my son asked to be put on the field at the end of a game for a penalty kick. He has a leg like a cannon and can knock over kids with the balls from his kicks. It would have tied up a very important game. He told the coach he wanted to be put in to take the shot. He missed the shot, barely, but he missed it. We made a very big deal to him at home about how proud we were that he asked to be put in. He took the chance. He tried. To us, this was the perfect and complete way to play the game. We never make the shots that we aren't willing to take. 
celebrate the winning, and more importantly, the learning that we are all doing. Point out all the ways that you see your kids being courageous. Then show them the ways you feel insecure and inadequate and how you push through them. Tell them how you're growing. Now, one last point. Look up the beautiful kintsugi, I hope I'm saying that right, Japanese pottery. The pottery celebrates that a piece that's broken is even more valuable and the cracks are filled with gold and other just beautiful, precious metal. It's so beautiful and stunning. And the meaning and symbolism is even more beautiful. We need to see ourselves as much more valuable because of our mistakes and weaknesses and cracks. The cracks let the light come in. The cracks are how we grow, become stronger, and connect with everyone around us. We're all broken in some way, but at the same time, we are all totally perfect and complete. So I'm okay if you strive to be perfect, but only if you tell yourself it's because you are complete just the way you are. Please reach out and set up an intro call and mini session through my website, HeidiBenjaminson.com or via social media. The work of identifying why you're afraid to make mistakes can literally change how you experience life as well as how your children see the world. You can be the greatest model of confidence and courage to them. And that is a priceless gift. This is what I do every day with clients. I'm great at it. And I can't wait to talk to you. Keep on sharing this podcast and I'll see you next week.